garden with Keynes Garden Centre Kilcoggan, the garden centre for garden lovers. See keensgardencentre.ie. And it is a good morning to the living legend that is Tom Stewart from Keynes Garden Centre. Morning, Tom. Very good morning to you, Alan. And thanks very much for joining us. And the sound of Tom's dulcet tones means it is time for In the Garden and also that there's vouchers to be won for Keynes Garden Centre. 230 or vouchers up for grabs. Send in your gardening question on 086 1800 964. Lots of them coming in already. I'll put as many of them to Tom as I can in just a while, but uh, we want to first touch on uh, this week's topic and uh, it is Valentine's Day related. And Tom, despite Mary saying she'd be suspicious of anyone who gave her flowers on Valentine's Day, I suspect Keynes Garden Centre will be doing a roaring trade in flowers. So you want to celebrate St. Valentine's Day with some lovely plants. Yes, certainly. And it is that time of year, right? And I know we have a florist next door to us and they cram in some amount of business in such a small window of opportunity. But it's it's, it's certainly the time to uh, have a look and talk about plants and being the, the perfect day to speak of beautiful flowers of all sorts and none more popular at this time of year for the, the florists in particular than roses. So we in the garden centres, we can't really compete with the florist for the beautiful bouquets and roses in flower that are the the go-to gift for those romantic among us. Although garden centres can offer roses for a lifetime rather than roses for a week. So um, now you might end up in the doghouse if you arrive home to that special someone in your life with a potted rose rather than the expected bunch of roses. So perhaps maybe giving both is a safer option. Um, Some of my own favourite roses, especially for the day that's in it or the week that's in it or tomorrow, uh, the likes of Sexy Rexy, which is a lovely Florabunda rose. It's a nice tidy garden rose soft pink and salmon colours. Starts off with a darker and it's somewhat little pointed buds that open up to large clusters of paler rosette type flowers. The buds and flowers make an attractive combination all summer. Uh, the fragrance is modest enough but a wonderful rose that doesn't get too big. Around about two foot tall there thereabouts. Another one, Rose Precious Love, is a beautiful orange and red or poppy red bush rose with only light fragrant but a strong healthy rose and the rose Lots of Kisses is an attractive new patio rose with heart-shaped red blooms throughout the season, flowering from late spring right up until the first frost. This fabulous little rose produces an amazing amount of eye-catching blooms, great in pots or, or tubs or containers. And for a fabulous scent, there's a David Austin rose called the Lady Gardener. This is a repeat flowering scented rose, but rosette-shaped flowers in a rich apricot colour. Flowers all summer, stands up to the rain very well great in beds or containers and makes a great cut flower as well. So lots of roses um, to choose from uh, that would make a very memorable gift uh, and that'll last long after the cut flowers have gone to the compost bin and the, the chocolates have been demolished. So a few, few things to consider there. For those of us who have roses in our garden, if you haven't cut them back, if you haven't cut your roses back yet, now is the time to do so. So you can do it anytime this month. A good hard, a good hard haircut, as we say for them. Um, get your enemy to prune your rose is the expression to remember. So about eight or ten inches from the ground. But if you're in any doubt, call to your local garden centre and look at how the roses there are cut back, and you can uh, and make your own look somewhat similar when you get home. Um, after you cut them back, remove any leaf debris and clean around the base of the roses, removing any weeds and any of last year's foliage and give them a good feed, about a generous handful per plant of a slow-release feed. My own recommendation would be a feed called Pro Bloom. Um, It's a granulated feed, really good for roses. It's high in potash to promote lots of long-lasting flowers. Or you could use a good mulch of well-rotted farmyard manure. Uh, That'll do your roses the power of good. So a few options there. 
think there's, there's lots of other romantic, romantic-ish, I might say, plants that have great names, like the fabulous cottage garden uh, perennial Bleeding Hearts. So the Bleeding Hearts that has uh, beautiful heart-shaped flowers in pink and white that, that hang delicately from the stems. We've also got a lovely plant called Salvia Hot Lips, it's a wonderful perennial with scented foliage and eye-catching red and white flowers. And another one to consider is Love in a Mist. It's a very pop- popular cottage garden plant that produces pretty blue flowers and attractive, delicate foliage. These flowers are available in blue, white, pink, or even a pale purple, easy to grow, drought tolerant, and will self-seed a little bit. There are hardy plants that will last about about eight weeks in the garden and you plant them in, the, in full sun. The flowers also make uh, great cut flowers, so good for a vase or an arrangement inside. And then the one that we're, we're familiar with the name of, the forget-me-not, is a popular garden flower. Gardeners love them because they're easy to grow. They can tolerate different growing conditions. They're low-growing, clump-forming plants, uh, ideal as a ground cover or in rock gardens. Uh, any rockeries or alpine set up, it's perfect for them. They're also quite fragrant in the evening. So forget-me-nots are typically blue with yellow centres and these dainty flowers are about as romantic as they come. So lots of plants there with a love uh, connection for, for the week that's in it. Okay, lovely stuff. Before we get to the listeners' questions, uh, you've a few uh, jobs jotted down for the Clara Gardeners for the coming week. Yeah, a few jobs for the week ahead and hopefully we'll get a, a bit of weather to um, accommodate these kind of jobs. So we've had lots of customers asking if they can mow their lawn at this time of the year. And I'd say the answer is yes. If you have some growth, or if you have some extra growth on the lawn, by all means, if you've got dry conditions with the blades at the highest point, um, you could give it a, a, a light mowing over. It'll also help hoover up any excess leaves that might be sitting on the lawn. Also for ornamental grasses, um, they can be cut back or tidied up. So you have evergreen ornamental grasses uh, can have any dead material removed. And then if the deciduous grasses can be cut back to help uh, rejuvenate them and and give them a a bit of a kickstart for the spring. Uh, With spring kind of on the horizon, you can also dig in farmyard manure into into your beds and enrich your soil or even put it on as a top dressing or a mulch. Um, the likes of summer flowering bulbs, they're available to buy now at this time of the year. So the likes of your dahlias, your begonias, your lilies, uh, agapanthus and gladioli, all great for summer colour, easy to grow. And again, you can you can grow them in beds or in containers. Uh, winter tree wash is a, is a liquid solution that can be applied to trees and roses. Uh, this will help remove any overwintering or any unwanted bugs and keep your plants pest and disease free. And if you have any hardy evergreen shrubs, they can be pruned if it's needed. The likes of heathers and lavenders um, can get a haircut just to tidy them up. Okay, brilliant stuff. We will get to the listeners' questions now. Remember, two of you uh, will each be winning a a €30 voucher for Keynes Garden Centre. And this week's first question comes courtesy of Claire in Kildyser to Nennis, who is asking, is it okay to prune trees now? Morning, Claire. Yes, it is. So you want to generally you want to prune your trees when they're dormant, and definitely at this time of the year, even despite a bit of sunshine and growth, most of them are somewhat dormant at the moment. So that can be your fruit trees or your ornamental trees. Generally speaking, you're looking to remove any congestion that might be forming in the middle of the of the uh, of the whole tree. Also, look out for what we call dead, diseased, or damaged branches. They can be cut out and removed. And also, if you have branches, crossing branches or branches that are rubbing off each other. Sometimes when a branch rubs off another branch, it opens up a wound and that can be an entry point for some disease and virus. So definitely you can um, prune them, uh, get rid of those dead disease and damaged ones. Maybe also have a look at the base of the tree. You, you preferably you want it weed free and grass free at the base. So maybe like a, a two foot circle around the base of a tree should be weed free and grass free. Maybe um, 
you want to remove any grass that's there, carefully remove it, careful not to damage the trunk of your tree and maybe apply a top dressing and maybe a little bit of fertiliser and then a top dressing of a mulch of bark mulch or gravel mulch. But by all means, Claire, yeah, you can prune away. Okay, uh, Teresa in Shannon is asking, uh, Tom, can you please tell her why some of her daffodils have no flowers? She says there's lots of green leaves, but no flowers, unfortunately. Good morning, Teresa. Um, now, I suppose to a certain degree, uh, depending on the variety, some um, daffodils will be in flower this time of year. Some, it'll be kind of late this month and, and early next month into March before some varieties of daffodils come into flower. Um my suspicion would be if you have lots of foliage and and no flowers, if they are a variety that should be flowering at this time of the year, it can be that they haven't been planted deep enough. So generally speaking, as a rule of thumb, the bigger the bulb, the deeper they go. And it might be about two and a half or three times the size of the bulb would be the depth you should plant it at. So sometimes we don't get them down deep enough and resulting the bulbs can or the plants can come up blind, as we say, and um, that they've produced foliage but no flowers. So um, there's probably not a whole lot you can do. If it is a thing that the depth wasn't correct, not a whole lot you can do at the moment, but you could... Um, you could dig them up and, and plant them deeper, but I, I'd, I'd wait till maybe the end of the summer to do that. Um, but it could be, Teresa, potentially that there are a variety that flowers later. So one or the other is your solution there. Okay, uh, our next listener says, uh, I'm sowing seed potatoes in polyteen bags outdoor. What would be the best soil to grow them in? Thanking you. That's from Anne and Tuna. Good morning, Andy. Yeah. And and great to grow seed potatoes in, in um, either polythene bags or in, in any sort of container, be it large tubs or whatever. Um, potatoes, they're hungry plants, so they do a lot of work below ground. So one seed uh, potato will, will produce many potatoes there. So um, they're busy doing underground work, but also on the top, they produce a lot of foliage and they produce flowers. So they're a busy plants. So I think, Anne, you're right to, to inquire um on the type of compost because plants can only grow in as well as, as the growing medium that they're in, be it soil or compost or whatever. Um, my own preference would be like a really good multi-purpose compost. We sell a seaweed enriched multi-purpose compost and it's it's our, it's our most recommended one. So we find that one very good. You could mix a small bit of topsoil through that as well if you wanted to. And as the, um, as the, uh, the stalks and the tubers come up, you need to air it up with a bit more soil or compost mix. And you can give them a little bit of fertiliser at that time as well. But a really good multi-purpose compost and would be perfect. And just in the polythene bags, just make sure there is holes for drainage in the bottom that any excess water can drain out. But my own preference would be the seaweed-enriched multi-purpose compost. Okay, Aoife in Karen is asking if you have any recommendations on types of seeds to buy for spuds. Aoife says she's getting ready to sow her earlies on Paddy's Day. She's situated out in the burren in Karen. Also, would she need to dig her rows now and fill back in to freshen up the ground or is that just a myth? Uh, good morning, Aoife. So just first to your seed potatoes and and, and um, earlies are, are great ones to go for because as the name suggests, they'll be ready to harvest that bit earlier. So they don't take as long. They don't take up as much space and, and you know, great for flavour and all that. Amongst my own preferences, the likes of Orla is a lovely early seed potato um, and Home Guard is another really nice one as well. Uh, British Queens are lovely kind of they're considered a second early, but either between Orla, Home, Home Guard or British Queens, you wouldn't go wrong. Um, and then you just mentioned something about roses. So I certainly wouldn't look to dig up or move roses really. Um, they don't like to be disturbed too much. So definitely you can cut them back at this time of the year. And as we said earlier, maybe eight or 10 inches from the ground, remove any leaf debris or anything that might have been there from last year. So good 
garden hygiene at the base of your roses is important and give them a good feed of either some well-rotted farm herb manure or some granulated slow-release fertilizer would be perfect Aoife. so not too much disturbance on your rose apart from cutting them back and give them a good feed that, that should keep them happy and then with your seed potatoes something like Orla Home Guard or maybe Duke of York is another nice one to, to grow Okay, uh, the one and only Kay uh, is next up, uh, who says, Good morning, Alan and Tom, from a sunny Currafin morning. Kay always manages to make Currafin sound like it's uh, in the Costa del Sol, but uh, a lovely place nonetheless. She says, should she cut back her blackcurrant bushes? They're just over two years old. Kay says she has other ones which bore no fruit last year. They are 10 years old. Plus, she says, thanks again for your expertise, Tom. Hope to get to your garden centre soon. Very good morning to you, Kay, and, and uh, nice to hear from the Costa del Corofin. All right, it sounds lovely and tropical. Um, by all means, yeah, the black currant brush could be cut back and, and maybe the previous old one that didn't produce any fruit, it might be in need of a bit of rejuvenation. So you could cut that one back and all. Um, and again, somewhat similar what we mentioned with the trees earlier for one of our listeners, um, make sure there's not much grass or, or weeds growing at the base that might be offering competition. And we'll say in the next few weeks, usually late February, early March, you could give them a handful of uh, granulated slow-release fertiliser, the likes of the Pro Bloom, as I said earlier, is a good one, or even some some of the well-rotted farm bear manure will be ideal. And um, hopefully with the sunny climate you have down there, we'll, you'll have an abundance of fruit later on in the summer. Mary in Kilkee says, Good morning, Tom and Alan. I have climbing hydrangeas that are starting to shoot out and I'm wondering, can I prune them to encourage new growth? Good morning, Mary. Yeah, so your your um your climbing hydrangeas. Yeah, you could give them a um a slight cut back, all right, and and look out for any kind of unproductive or old kind of wood that mightn't be um giving you any more, and that can be cut a bit more further back. But by all means, Mary, do give your your climbing hydrangeas a, a tidy up, no problem. And again, coming into the next few weeks, um a generous handful of slow-release fertiliser at the base of the plant um, is, is well worth doing. If they're a climbing hydrangea and if they're climbing on a wall, just be kind of somewhat mindful that the wall itself can provide what we call a rain shadow. So sometimes it can be quite dry at the base of a wall. So maybe um, just be mindful during the summer months, keep, keep them very well watered. Maybe uh, like once, the, once you've fed them, you could put a gravel or bark mulch at the base that'll help retain a little bit of moisture in the soil. Okay, Anne Kelly and Cree says that she got a plant, it was called an orange tree, uh, and says it had small white flowers in December with a lovely scent. It did have a few small oranges on it that fell off. She's asking, will she have to keep it in a container and can she cut it back a little to keep it tidy? Good morning, Anne. So, yeah, it sounds like you were gifted or, or you got um, a nice citrus plant. So they're obviously for indoor conditions. Um, they, they like good drainage so if you do decide to repot it into a bigger pot um you can you can um, just make sure there's plenty of good drainage in the bottom you can also get like a, a citrus based compost or a, a compost that's that's designed for citrus plants i should say and a citrus feed um so so that's um it's important that it gets the, it gets the right compost and the right feed um it probably would benefit from getting into a bigger pot but i wouldn't say there's a major panic if it's just if it was just recently bought but by all means you could do so look out for the citrus compost and some of the citrus feed keep it in a nice sunny location in frost free conditions and um i don't think there shouldn't be any need to cut it back really i think um as it is should be fine just um give it some of the citrus compost and some of the citrus feed and uh, you should be good to go Okay, and our last question this week comes from Tia, who's asking, uh, can she cut or trim her copper beech hedge? 
Morning to you. Yeah, you can do. Um, it's certainly, if it needs a bit of a tidy up, you, you can do by all means. Sometimes it's done um, later on in the summer again, and it's, it's good to keep it in check. So you could, if you need, if there was some bits that needed to cut them back, by all means. Um, again, having it um, well fed at the base of the plant, maybe in, in the likes of late February, early March, would be of benefit to it. Um, but yeah, by all means, if you needed to cut some of it back, you could do. Okay, uh, that is it for this week. Congratulations to Eva and Karen and Teresa and Shannon. You have each won yourself uh, a 30 euro voucher for Keynes Garden Centre. And as ever, my thanks uh, to Tom Stewart. Uh, happy Valentine's Day to you tomorrow, Tom. I'm sure you'll be getting lots of roses, not, not that you're lacking them where you're working. Uh, <laughs> the fingers crossed. And uh, yeah, yeah. we'll speak to you again next week. Take care, Tom. Thank you. Hi, Alan. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. And if you ever, ever have any questions for Tom uh, gardening-wise, do send them in on uh, 086-1800-964. Uh, we're going to